What's up, baseball fans? It's Jordan and Zach, back with another podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Alex Pavlovich. He covers the Giants for NBC Sports Bay Area. I hope you enjoy. What are your expectations for the Giants this year? What do you think, just I guess all around, just like record-wise, how we play, buyers or sellers at the deadline, just kind of that type of thing? Um, I know we're supposed to be optimistic this time of year. I think they're probably going to be pretty similar record-wise to last year. I, I would... You know, I'd put them right around 500 probably. I, I think they're better than they were last year, but the division's better. And it, it's a longer season, too, for an older team. So I, I think that's going to impact them. I, I really think they're going to hit. Like, I think this is a good lineup. But a lot of what we saw last year for me is for real. And Listella in particular was somebody they really needed. They really needed one more left-handed bat. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, a little bit worried about the pitching depth and, and then also just the way the pitching is going to match up against another pitching. I mean, you look at the division and and it's really tough with the two teams they have ahead of them and, and their rotations. And I, I just think that's kind of the biggest area of, of need for them. And, and they, you know, they're hoping for a lot from some guys who, who have had some issues the last couple of years. Yeah. I'm, I, I pretty much am on this, on the same page as you. I think that we have a lot of veteran guys who have been there. I mean, you look at Longoria who I, I thought had a great spring training. He, he definitely had uh, the past two weeks. I mean, that home run against the, that was a mammoth. Um, but yeah, I'm on the same page as far as the pitching staff goes, but I'm, I'm really high on Logan Webb. Uh, are you also pretty high on him as well? Yeah. I've always been high on Logan. I mean, he, he was, you know, he was never a top 100 prospect, but I know Giants people always felt like maybe he should have been. And, and just, you know, you look at what he's done and uh, his stuff, I think his competitiveness, like he is a really, really competitive dude. And, uh, you know, maybe it, it's some, at times when you're young, maybe that hurts you a little bit because you're trying too hard. But it, it, he's just somebody who's going to go out there and, and fight and, and just needed the right approach and, and you know, a, a little tweak in his repertoire. And I think for him, it's going to be throwing change up a ton, which was basically unhittable this spring and, and they hope it's that way during the season. Uh, you know, everybody's been talking about it from his catchers to other pitchers. Gabe Kapler has been talking about it going back to the off season. So really strong spring. I mean, this is a guy who was on the outside looking in and not only did he go out there and, and make himself a really easy solution when Alex Wood went down, but um, I think he would have won a job regardless. Uh, he pitched so well, I think he would have been their number three starter coming out no matter what happened with the other guys. And, and for me, I mean, the only issue for him is he hasn't thrown a lot of innings in the minor leagues. So that's going to be something everybody this year is watching innings. And I think for Logan in particular, I mean, he's a young pitcher and you want to be really careful with that arm. But it, I, I think he has a, a big year in front of him. And if they can get him and Tyler Beatty set up and, and get those two guys by the end of the year, just just kind of locked into the rotation, it's really big for, for 2022. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, like watching spring training. Logan Webb was, he was shoving. He was having a phenomenal spring. And um, Tyler Beatty, is he coming off Tommy John? Is it Tommy John? Yeah, Tommy John. Tommy John, yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, we also have Alex Wood who's on the DL right now. Do you expect, do you see Alex Wood come back into rotation or how would you see that working out? Because there's one odd man out right now. We got like six kind of starters. If you include Webb, what do you kind of see with that? Yeah, I think Wood's going to be a couple weeks here. I mean, he, he threw, I think, one inning all spring and then had a minor procedure on his back. And um, he, he's doing much better, but it, it's it's going to be a couple weeks. And, and to build up to the point of being a starter, I mean, you're probably looking at three weeks from here. Um, so I, I think that's 
going to be something that maybe allows things to settle themselves. I, I never really worry about what's going to happen when a guy comes back because so much can happen in, in two weeks and three weeks that, you know, they might need it. They might need two guys in two weeks. So you hope you don't, but I think that's why they're not worried. And, and the other thing here is that they have some other guys. I mean, I mentioned Logan's innings limits, but um, Aaron Sanchez is a guy they're going to have to watch very closely. So you can maybe piggyback starters. You can put one of them in the bullpen for a bit. I think they'll be okay there. Beatty is, is not eligible to come back until May 31st. He should be just about ready to go. And, I, you know, for me, again, it comes down to what they need. If, if they need a starter at that point, you can throw him in. If you don't, I, I don't think there's any harm in letting him, just given that he missed the whole year, spend a little bit more time in, in AAA and, and kind of get comfortable there. Yeah, uh, Logan Webb, or not Logan Webb, Tyler Beatty is also a Vinny guy, correct? He is. Okay, many. yeah. Yeah, Sam one of the many. Yaz, Sam Selman, too, went there. Yeah, yeah Kirk Casale. Kirk Casale, yeah, there you go. What do you, um? I mean, speaking about catchers, Kirk Casale, I mean, Joey Bart, do you think he'll be at, up at some point this season? Do you think they trade Casale at the deadline? Or what do you kind of think of the backup situation? I think Joey will be here because – you know, they want him to play in AAA, but they don't want him necessarily to sit a whole year when he's probably definitely one of your two catchers next year and maybe your starting catcher next year. So I, I, Joey will be up at some point. I, I can't tell you how that's going to happen. I, I don't know if, if it will be a trade. If, you know, if it's a minor injury, I think Chadwick Trump comes up for a week or two. If it's something more serious to one of those guys, you're looking at Joey. Um, and maybe at some point, you know, we'll just have to see where the numbers end up. I mean, they really like Kurt, but at, at some point, maybe you look and and just try to figure out, are you better off with Joey as the backups? But they're going to let him go to AAA, and that season doesn't even start on, until May. So they have some time here. I think you're probably looking at two months, ideally at least, of him playing every day in AAA. So they have about half a season here to figure it out. And then, as you said, then you get close to the trade deadline, and, and maybe some of these things solve themselves. As far as um, I know, so AAA, is, is it all of the minor leagues delayed? I know the um, report came out a couple of weeks ago that uh, minor league is being delayed three to four weeks, correct? So would that mean they're just staying, for instance, I mean, the Giants, they were just being Scottsdale training? Like, would they actually be playing against other teams or um, how would that work yeah, it, right now it's, I think, May 4th or May 6th, somewhere in that range is, is when they're all going to get going. So right now they have, they're going to have an alternate site in Sacramento and, and they're going to have most of the guys who are in camp will be there and they can play four times a week against the A's alternate site team. So those are kind of like, they're basically scrimmages. I mean, it's going to be very loose, I think. And, um, you know, I, I think you, you might even see some coaches out there in the outfield just to to help make the numbers work but that that's the plan and then as the minor league season gets going then uh a lot of those guys will, will be spread out to different minor league teams and then some of them will be on the taxi squad for the big league team but for now I, I think everybody just about everybody who's in camp i think is going to sacramento for the first month just to to be part of that alternate site yeah definitely um so i mean this was kind of brutal for Giants fans to watch. Yaz getting hit by the pitch by uh, Sean Mania. Is he, is he doing good? Do you have any info on that? Yeah, x-rays were negative. Um, so that that's the first good bit of news. It probably doesn't feel great today, but they've said they expect him to be ready on, on Thursday night. And, you know, they're facing three lefties this weekend. He does hit lefties, but if you, if you feel like you want to 
give him a day off one of those days and, and just try to get him ready for, you know, next week in the season. It's not a huge issue to put Darren Ruff and, and Slater in there for a day. But I, I think they think he should be okay. And this is a guy last year, remember, he got hurt at the end of the year and he came back ahead of time to be ready for that final series against the Padres. So I, I have a lot of faith that he'll be okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Slater, Slater's been mashing in a spring training. I haven't really seen much of Dubon, but is Dubon, are we, are the Giants set on him being the starting center fielder this year? Yeah, I think for now they are, but I mean, he's the guy who played only center field for the final six weeks of the season last year. And he's going to play a lot of shortstop. He's really their only shortstop other than Crawford. Um, Might be their best, you know, right-handed backup at third base to Longoria. He can play second base. So he's going to move around, and and I think a lot of this has to do with Slater too. I mean, we saw late late in camp, the final week or so, Slater played a lot of center field, and it's just a way to get his bat in there. So I think there will be days where they want an outfield of Yes, Dickerson, and, and Slater, and and maybe they'll have to move Dubon around. Yeah, I'm, I'm I know I'm I'm excited to see Dubon. I don't think he had the he didn't have I feel like the be, the best spring training, uh, but he did end the season really hot. I know. Uh, he had a great series against the Padres, came up clutch. Uh, I believe it was the last game in the series. Uh, he had that home run. Yeah, that run. clutch home run, yeah. Yeah, he had that clutch home that run. That was big. <laughs> it was pretty good this spring, too. I think he's, you know, maybe the numbers are there, but the, the approach they saw, they were pretty happy with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as um, I know, I'm a huge Buster Posey fan, and whenever I think of him, I mean – I know last year uh, he took the season off because he had twins, right? He adopted, he adopted uh, two twins. Um, but I know it's, it's going to be hard out for a lot of us Giants fans because he, uh, I believe I was reading your article about, uh, you know, his, his getting uh, his contract in uh, 2013. Um, but I believe like the Giants are going to have to make a decision about him because he is getting up there in age and, we do have Bart and Patrick Bailey coming up. So do you think uh, Buster Posey will be a giant forever? I tend to think he will. I I think when you're talking about a catcher, you know, next year, it's a pretty easy fit. Even if they want Bart to be their, their main guy. I mean, Buster's going to be 35 on opening day next year, I think. So, you know, you can do a, a 80, 80 split 80 games for one 80 for the other or you know you can do um i don't know 102 for one and 60 for the other you you can figure it out i, I think there are ways that they can make that work next year and, and it, it would be aggressive to have bart and bailey next year I th- so i i think i don't think they pick up the option because 22 million is a, a lot but i i think they you know maybe give them a, a one-year deal or or a one-year deal with some sort of different option um I just have a hard time picturing him playing somewhere else because no matter what situation they're in short of him just really falling off the earth. And I don't think he will, you know, you can use him either as your starting catcher or as your backup catcher and pinch hitter and team leader. So he wants to play here. I mean, he's, he's said that a few times he wants to finish his career. here. I, I think he does. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing I think that's been on all giants minds fans um, is Farhan going to ever break the bank. You know, I mean, this offseason, there's Trevor Story, Corey Seager, Noah Syndergaard. I mean, we have Marco Luciano on the come up, Will Wilson. Do you think Farhan will ever spend a bit, uh, some money on a big free agent? I think so. I mean, remember they, they offered Bryce Harper $310 million, so that they're not opposed to it. I, I push back a little bit when people look at this offseason and think they're going to 
you know, go get Lindor, go get two starting pitchers, go get whatever, a new outfielder. Um, I don't think they're going to go crazy. I mean, they're, their main thing at all times is making good baseball decisions. And, and they felt like Harper was somebody who would be worth it. I think they would probably feel the same way about Lindor, but you get into different categories of guys. And I'm a huge Trevor Story fan, but there's also a limit for me on, on what I would give him. And, and some of these pitchers, I'm a big Syndergaard fan too, but I, you know, there's a limit on what I would give him too. So I, I think that's what they're going to be looking at and they're going to try to play it smart and, and know that, they can all spread the money around as, as they did this offseason. I think they ended up spending maybe around $45 million this offseason, which is, is not a crazy amount, but they added a lot of guys to their team. So the other thing is they're not going to really look to fill holes here if they feel like somebody can do it internally. And, and they believe Luciano can be a shortstop. So if you believe that and his greatest value is as a shortstop, which we've seen from Lindor, we've seen it from Tatis, I don't know that you go out and spend $300 million or Two hundred fifty million on on one of these guys. If if you think you can fill that hole with Luciano in in a couple of years. So shifting uh, a little bit away from the Giants, I know. Uh, so as far as other teams that I'm looking forward to seeing this year, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Blue Jays. I definitely got the Blue Jays up there. The Cardinals with their acquisition uh, acquisition of uh, Arnado. Is there a team on your radar right now who a lot of people aren't talking about that you think being being the hunter? Ooh, that's a good question that a lot of people aren't talking about. Um, I think people forget the Nationals won the World Series the last time there was there was a full season. And I know they were bad last year, but they were really bad the first 50, 60 games the year before. They have Juan Soto who to me, if you had to pick an MVP before the year, it's probably him. They have Trey Turner. They still have that rotation. They added just a lot of guys. I mean, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Josh Bell. I think they got – who they get? Brad Hand. They got a closer. So that's a team I, I don't think anybody's paying attention to because they're in the same division as the Braves and in the same division as the Mets. But they are the most recent full-season champions. So I, I think that's a team people should not forget about. Yeah, I'm definitely on the same note as you, right? Uh, on the same page. I mean, their top four guys are Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, and Lester. I mean, you put those guys up against anyone. I mean, they're definitely going to have a shot. And like you said, they got Juan Soto, who did he won the rookie of the year, correct? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I assume so. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I know he, I, he got MVP. I mean, he had that massive home run against. Uh, Verlander in game 60, I mean, his approach is crazy. Um, I mean, their bullpen's really nice too. So, yeah, I would say <laughs> Nationals, Blue Jays as well. Yeah, the Blue Jays too, I, I think, are another team. They're maybe a, a popular sweeper pick. This is going to be way off board, but I think the Royals did a nice job this offseason, and they're not going to win that division. But people probably still think they're one of the five worst teams in the league, and I don't think they are. Yeah, who did they uh they just picked up Ben Attendee? Yeah, they and they got Santana, I think, Mike Miner. They just got a bunch of guys to to fill spots, which is yeah, you know, teams don't really do that in free agency anymore. So they just went out there and got better. Yeah. So I mean, shifting back to the to the Giants kind of thing. Um Gabe Kapler, I know a lot of fans hated him at the beginning of the season, but I mean he almost took us to playoffs. This is his last year of his contract, I believe. Do you think the Giants re-sign him if the Giants have a decent year? 
I believe it was three years. Oh, three right. years? Okay. Yeah, okay. it was three I thought, years. I thought it was two. My I would hope so. Two would be sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I I do. I mean, he look, he's, it was a weird start, but he did a nice job last year. Uh, he is a good fit for this city. I, I think he's, the, the things he stood up for last year and continues to stand for are, are a good fit. I mean, he's not going to be judged on their record, at least this year, because they understand that they're not, they haven't put together a, a team that should be in the playoffs. So for me, then you go into next year and it's probably a young team, a bunch of young guys coming up. And I, I think they'll expect to be better, but, um, you know, I, I think he gets through this contract w- without ever really being in a position where they're favored to be in the playoffs, which is an interesting position to be in. And that's usually where team where people get in trouble. And this is what happened in Philadelphia to him is they had really high expectations. And I, I just don't know that realistically those are, are here yet. So, and beyond all that, I mean, he's done a nice job. He, he really has done a nice job. And I, I think the best thing he's done, and he would probably tell you the same thing, is he put together a coaching staff that a lot of people had questions about when he did it. And a lot of people, including myself, had to do a lot of Googling to figure out who these people were. But I think the results are there. I mean, look at the season that the belt had last year, Crawford and um, Wilmer Flores, Darren Ruff, and, and, and just the improvement we've seen from guys and I think you're seeing that again this year with somebody like a Slater or Mauricio Dubon. So for me, it kind of goes hand in hand. It's Gabe and his coaching staff. And I really think those guys are going to be around. I mean, if if I had to guess right now, I'd say we're, we're looking at four or five years for all of them before you even start to wonder, you know, if, if you look around. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything that you just said there. Um, so I know uh, me and Jordan have talked about this in the past, but uh, I think I'm trying to dive into kind of what Farhan and the front office were thinking over these past couple years as far as like getting players and as far as like the analytics side of things. I, think I mentioned that, I mean, one of the, the big uh, keys that I was uh, doing some research as far as the Tommy LaStella signing was that he has a really uh, low – I believe strikeout to walk ratio. Um, and I think it's important to note that a lot of the the guys, like, I mean, Brandon Belt, God, he had that 29 pitch at bat. I think a lot of the guys are grinders. Like you look at a La Stella and you put uh, yeah, Belt at top. Of, too. Yeah, so they're, so, I mean, obviously the pitching staffs of the Padres and Dodgers are, are definitely top top five in the league but I think it's important to note that like you know if we're able to get these guys out in the fourth or fifth inning and, and run their pitch count up uh we can we can get to their bullpen but that being said who do you think's gonna I mean Kapler seemed to switch up the lineup quite a bit I I um uh last year who do you think's gonna be like the leadoff hitter do you think it's gonna be Stella? I mean I could see Belt leading off just because he's a grinder I mean I think he has the best eye in the league. Probably Listella against right-handers and I would say Austin Slater against lefties. That's what we've seen this spring and, and a little bit matches what we saw last year. But, you know, in general, and he's said this a bunch, and I think we saw this last year. I mean, they 162 games, they might have, I don't know, it's hard to predict how many lineups, but they might have uh, not a single group go out there and be the same more than like four times the whole year. So, they're going to mix it up. They're going to, you know, everybody read into Buster Posey batting seventh at the end of, at the end of camp. He might be batting third on opening night. You don't know. So 
they're going to go a lot by matchups and a lot by individual matchups. I mean, you know, how does this guy do against Quinn Kershaw? How does this guy do against Trevor Bauer? Um, that'll decide a lot of this and, and not just who's in there every night, but what order they're in. Yeah. I mean, Gabe yeah, Kapler. No, it, it is going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, Kapler loves, <laughs> oh, sorry. Kapler loves, I mean, he loves platooning guys in the outfield. Like last year, I mean, Dickerson, he hit versus lefties, and then it was Slater or Ruff. Or no, Dickerson versus righties, excuse me, and then Slater or Ruff versus lefties. And, I mean, Dickerson was just mashing righties, and it, it seemed to be working out pretty well. Yeah, uh, the platoons worked really well, and I, I think you see somebody like an Alex Dickerson who just – he gets to do what he's great at, which is hit right-handed pitching. And, and even with the Brandons, I mean, it probably helped their numbers a little, little bit. That This is not – the way it has to be where this guy is our starting first baseman. That means he plays every day. And, and, you know, maybe we bump him down a couple spots against Clayton Kershaw because he, he's never hit him. But this is a different time, and, and they'll be much more willing to, you know, if it's not Flores, you put Ruff out there at first. If it, you put Slater out there at first, maybe down the line. They're just willing to experiment a little bit more. And they've told the players that, and, and that there's going to be more platoons. And it, to their credit, most of them, have bought in. I mean, they'll tell you they want to be out there every day, but they also understand this is what's best for the team. So shifting over, because I know a lot of the people that listen to our podcast, you know, I don't know, probably our age and, you know, college students. Um, so I want to ask you about, you know, the best ad- advice you would give from our age trying to get into the sports industry, whether, you know, I mean, you're a beat reporter for NBC NBC uh, sports uh, in the Bay area, but what, what would, what would be like the best advice you could give someone our age? I think two things. One, do what you guys are doing already, which is try things and, and just get your reps and, you know, you'll get better and better as you go. And you'll, I'm sure you'll feel much better. I don't know how long you guys have been doing this, but in after six months, after a year, you'll be much more comfortable with everything and, and, you know, take your shots. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, like you, you'd be surprised how open and not just myself, but other media members, even some players, I think are, are to be help. They're open to being helpful. And, you know, especially with things like zoom, I mean, it makes it really easy to, to just say, Hey, can, can we do this? Can, and it, you know, it's pretty quick. I think I responded to Zach what lasts over the weekend, maybe. And so it, it's it's pretty easy sometimes in this day and age it's not like you have to go to the ballpark and put a microphone in front of somebody and so I, I think take your shots which you guys have done and then the second thing I always tell people is just really not to say no a whole lot because you have to grind a lot and you have to you know this is this is gonna be my 10th year on the Giants before that I covered high school sports and I was 23 24 years old and and spending my Friday nights um doing my own stats for high school football games and writing those stories until one in the morning and then spending my Saturdays at uh, swim meets and and volleyball and basically whatever else I I got told I had to go to. So I know there's a lot of people who, who don't want to do, who want to have both. I mean, you want to have your social life and and you want to have your fun, which is great. I mean, everybody does, but I, I think most people who really made it in sports media will tell you that there were a few years there where it really had to uh, give up a lot of things and, and, and give up a lot of that because there are so many people who want to work in sports for a living and want to be a Giants beat writer or want to be a broadcaster or 
work for the team, be a general manager one day. I mean, you know, Scott Harris is a great example. He went and got his degree when he was a low level employee with the Cubs and, and he was flying home on Friday nights or he was in spring training and he was flying back to Chicago on Friday nights and, and taking the red eye and, and going to class all weekend and flying back to, to spring training on Sunday night or Monday morning. It, it just, there are not a lot of those jobs and so many people who want to do them that I always just tell people you, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot, but if you get there, it's worth it. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, I actually know Scott Harris because, uh, I mean, I don't know him personally. Uh, he's from, I'm from Redwood City as well. Um, so he went to Menlo High School, or Menlo, I mean, there's Menlo Menlo Atherton, yeah. but Menlo School. Uh, so we played them uh, a lot uh, in baseball. But yeah, I, I think what you said uh, really would help me and, and Jordan and a lot of people who listen to this podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. You got any other questions, Jordan? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, once again, I just want to thank you like so much for coming out and taking the time uh, and helping us out. And it means it, it really does go a long way for both me and Zach. It really means a lot to us. Yeah, of course.